Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends. And we don't only do that through our messaging in the elections, we do that through the mechanics of the elections. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. We're going to talk about that tonight. Very, very practically, the mechanics, the ballots. It's not just about the issues. It's not just about the votes. It's about the ballots. And I just want to give you some uh, updated uh, talking points and thinking points about all that. And actually, I want to connect it to a scripture which comes to us from Matthew 25. We'll start with this. We'll pray. And, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, winning, these, uh, winning these ballots. So let's go to the Word of God. Matthew 25, starting in verse 1, says this. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves some. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Let us pray. Father, we ask you for the gift of prudence. It is a virtue. We are to look ahead. We are to take into account circumstances that may confront us. We are to factor in timelines and deadlines. Make us more sensitive, Lord, to the the passage of time and to the limited amount of time we have to make a difference. Make us responsive to the moment of of now, to the challenges of the present moment, to the opportunities and to the urgency of our task. Help us, Lord, to pick up the slack against things that will likely happen that are beyond our control. Help us to plan wisely. Help us to plan wisely, Lord God, in reference to one of the most important and consequential decisions we make 
and that is on the ballot, in the voting booth, at election time, one of the most consequential choices we make for who the people are, to whom we will transfer power, to whom we will give consent to govern. Lord, what a what wisdom this decision requires on the basis of knowing these candidates and knowing the issues and where they stand on the issues, but likewise what prudence it also requires in the timelines and the deadlines and the mechanics of voting and preparing for unforeseen circumstances. And so we ask, give us prudence, give us wisdom, enable us to prepare. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So you may not think about early voting or absentee voting or even ballot harvesting where it's legal as things that relate to the Word of God. But brothers and sisters, as most of you can already see where I'm going with this, it relates very, very strongly. Christ Jesus in His various parables and in other teachings of Scripture tells us to be prepared, always to be prepared. And he talks about timelines and deadlines. He talks about the fact that eventually the door shuts. Doors of opportunity that are open to us today, seasons of our life, seasons of our work, times when certain people are in our lives, nobody can be guaranteed to be in our lives tomorrow who's there today, Seasons come and they go. And what we make of them is very much time-dependent, just as it is dependent on our willingness. Goodwill isn't enough. You know, the reason for that, that famous slogan, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, is timelines. Opportunities and seasons present themselves. We're more than willing to make use of them or to foster certain relationships or to take certain actions. We're more than willing. The goodwill and the understanding of the opportunity, those are not the problems. Problem is that time runs out. And if we don't respond in time, the door shuts. Now, this parable talks about, ultimately, the lesson here is preparation for the coming of the Lord, right? We have to be in the good graces of God. We've got to be practicing virtue. We've got to be walking in the way of Christ. We've got to be ready for that door that's going to shut on our opportunity to, as Scripture tells us, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's a timeline to that. The Lord is coming back. And just as this parable indicated that they didn't know exactly the hour, the day or the hour when the bridegroom would would come. And in other teachings, Jesus uh, likewise says that if the uh, owner of the house knew when the thief would, was going to come, he'd be ready. He'd be ready to defend his house and his possessions. But you do not know the day or the hour of the coming of the Son of Man. But the lesson applies beyond the fundamental preparation that we have to make for salvation and for the return of the Lord. We've got to be preparing for other things in life that are likewise important, steps and activities that render service to God and neighbor, one of which is voting. So the difference, too, with something like voting 
is that we do know the day and the hour. We know exactly the day and the hour when the door shuts, when the opportunity closes, when the chance ends, when the season for voting in 2024 is finished. Now, there are several days and hours that we have to be cognizant of. And I told you the other day about stateelectioncalendar.org. It's a website that we prepared to show people the dates and the deadlines. There are deadlines for voter registration for the primaries. There are dates of the primaries. There are dates when early voting for the primaries begin, when early voting for the primaries ends. And then you have the same cluster of dates for the general election. You've got the dates when the uh, voter registration closes. Most of those come in the fall, September, October. Uh, Then you have dates when early voting begins, roughly the same time frame when early voting begins, differs from state to state. Then you've got when early voting ends, and then you've got election day, which is the same across the country. So you've got several sets of dates that from now should be marked on our calendars. For our particular state, again, those dates are what's the voter registration deadline, when's the primary, when does early voting begin and end for the primary, what's the voter registration deadline for the general election, When does early voting begin and end for the general election? And when is general election day? That's the same for us all. Are those marked on your calendar? I mean, nowadays, you know, with the smartphones and with Microsoft Outlook and with loads of other kinds of programs and software and apps and technologies, we can mark dates and deadlines better than we've ever been able to do in all of human history. We can get beeps and buzzers and rings and dings and all kinds of lights going off and and things popping up on our watches, on our phones, on our computers. We have more opportunity today to remind ourselves of approaching deadlines than we've ever had in human history. There's no reason for anybody to be missing election-related deadlines. And it's not that you put it on for the, just for that day. You know, you put a reminder. Oh, I have, uh, the deadline for voter registration is today. You can't just put it on that day, and then it might be too late. It's like, wait a minute, I just got this reminder. I'm sick in bed, or oh, I, I'm 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 traveling, or oh, I, I can't do it. Oh, you've got to know the date and then put a reminder a couple of weeks in advance, so you can do something about it. Not to compare this with the, with the coming of the Lord or salvation. Again, that's what this parable is about. But we're drawing a derivative lesson. The opportunity to make a difference in an election, which has pretty big consequences, has these deadlines. We've got to be ready. Now, it's not just, an, uh, uh, again, stateelectioncalendar.org. Check it out for various key dates in the election process, again, that are state-specific. But there's another lesson embedded in this. Prudence. I prayed at the outset that we might have the gift of prudence. Unforeseen circumstances are going to arise. Election day comes. I've always been an advocate of early voting, but I also see the value of having one election day and people voting on that day. But we're not there right now because the other side is using early voting and absentee voting and ballot harvesting. Of course, the Democrats, you're talking about a party that is steeped in uh, utter contempt for 
for law and order and process and due process. They, they, they don't care. They break the law. They steal. They cheat. They, they're mired in fraud. We're talking about us. We're talking about Christians who seek to practice virtue. We use early voting and absentee voting and ballot harvesting according to the law, according to respect for process and order. Do we do it the right way? The point I'm making is this. When election day itself comes, we might be ill. We might be under some necessity of being out of our voting district or sudden things come up, whether it's weather-related or, or needs of people around us that we have to attend to that might prevent us from voting. Or just the press of time, we get to the polling place and we realize there's a four-hour wait uh, online and it may be a circumstance where we just can't do it. Prudence dictates that we not leave such an important action as casting our ballot up to chance. Not only that, but there's a couple of other considerations about voting early. You vote early, you've done your duty, you use all those early voting dates to bring in others to vote. Now, that's always been an effort that we've had attached to elections all our lives, right? We realize that, hey, we can influence the election by our own vote, but also by mobilizing others to vote. And it used to be just, you know, that last 72-hour push right before Election Day. And then we would urge people on Election Day, you know, take some time off from work, plan it in advance, and just spend time emailing, messaging, and calling, and visiting people, driving them to the polls, do everything you can to get others out to vote. But now, if we have early voting starting several weeks before Election Day in, in some states, sometimes you've got a month of voting, we can utilize that entire period. Plan. Plan your vote. Make a plan for vote, not just an intention to vote, a plan for voting, and make a plan to be mobilizing other people and getting them out to the polls. Now, in reference to this, the other thing that, um, that this does, by voting early, is that it enables the campaigns to save money and time and effort because they keep track of whether registered voters have voted. They can tell. Have we cast our vote or not? So to the people who haven't voted as election day gets closer and closer, they're sending out reminders. They have volunteers making phone calls. They're sending out emails. They're mailing out postcards. All this takes time and effort and money and resources. But if you've already voted two weeks prior to Election Day, they don't have to be calling and mailing and emailing you and messaging you during those two weeks because they know you already voted. This way here that frees up resources to reach others who haven't voted. You're helping the process inherently just that way, even if you didn't contact any other voters yourself. It's just smart from so many different angles. All of this is leading up to the following. You can find out more about this on ProLifeVote.com. That's our voting website. And we encourage you to go there to sign up for our election uh, seminars and, uh, and Zoom calls and all the rest. But we've put there the information 
about bank your vote. Now, I know all the frustration that is out there about the GOP, and I share a lot of that frustration. We don't have to get into all of that. I understand it. You all know it. And 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 uh, there's different degrees of people being just, you know, fed up with, you know, what's going on at the uh, RNC. And I, we're not, we're not going to get into all that. This is something good, however, as an idea, which you can pursue actually even independent of involvement directly with the RNC or support of the RNC that let's not let's not let all of those very valid concerns distract us from what it is that's good here let's reach in here and grab the golden nugget which is this so what they've started to do we announced this a long time ago they have the bank your vote project bankyourvote.com gives you information about it okay on our website prolifevote.com you'll see uh, the press release that explains what I'm about to say. This bank your vote effort is very simply an effort to get more and more ballots cast before Election Day so that we don't have a scenario, which we have faced in past elections, where the deluded, destructive Democrats get all their people out weeks and weeks before Election Day build up a big numeric advantage, then we have to hustle on in the course of one day, less than 24 hours, to make up that steep, make it up that steep hill and go beyond. And then we're talking about bad weather, people getting sick, car trouble, people forgetting, other obligations arrive, voting machines break down, they run out of paper ballots, the lines are too long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and we don't overcome the, the numerical advantage. We've got to stop that dynamic. So it's just simply an effort to get people to vote early, in person, to use mail-in ballots, and again, all according to the proper laws of your state. We're not urging anybody to bypass or break the law. We're not Democrats. And then to um, even use ballot harvesting where it is legal. There's no way, and there's no reason why, for example, a church can't be a place where ballot collection takes place, et cetera. Again, observe all the norms in place and the rules in your particular state. So this bank, your vote effort, now being re relaunched or launched into a phase two, when now in a majority of states, people are, are able to request absentee ballots. And um, new websites have been set up, one for each state, about this bank the vote effort to maximize pre-election day voting. It encourages voters. It educates them. It activates them. It sends out messaging similar to what I'm explaining to you here today. I, I, I don't know how many use the, uh, the biblical passage that I just related to you, but again, there is a connection here. And, um, and also what this vote uh, emphasizes is, and it has social media resources based on these state-specific websites, uh, uh, again, you can find the announcement about this on our ProLifeVote.com website. Also mentioned here are the election integrity efforts that right now, for example, the RNC is engaged in more than 70 lawsuits across 20 states. Um, and uh, 42 of those lawsuits are focusing on safeguarding Mail voting, voting by mail.
Uh, we know that the other side wants to cheat, wants to steal. Voter uh, integrity laws can reduce a lot of that. We're not talking about preventing it altogether, but we are talking about closing that margin. You know, there's a margin of error in election victories. There's also a margin of fraud. We've said this before. You can only go so far. If you're going to make up ballots or, you know, you can bring a truckload of, of ballots to a polling place. Maybe you can get away with a few boxes, a few thousand votes. But a million? No, you just can't do that. There's a, there's a margin of fraud. And here's the thought behind banking your vote. Here's the thought behind the voting in general. What do we have to do in this election? We've got to overwhelm the numbers. So whatever the numbers are of fraudulent ballots, ballots destroyed or ballots made up or or ballots misdirected, whatever that number is, we don't pretend that we can eliminate that 100%. But we do know that we can overwhelm it 100, 200, 300 percent. Why not? We've got the people. Let nobody fall into the temptation of thinking, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't I don't have to vote because my vote will be stolen anyway. That'd be like these uh, virgins in the gospel passage saying, oh, I don't need oil in my lamp. Yes, we do. Bank the vote. Let's do it. Let's encourage others to do it. Let's remind others of the benefit, and I say more than benefit, the necessity of doing it. We have to win. It's not just about the issues. It's not just about the messaging. It's about the mechanics. Mechanics are just as, if not more important, to get right. Because you can have the best position in the world and the best argument for that position and the best candidate to advance that position, but if you don't have the ballots, you lose the election. And the other side caught on to this a long time ago. Let's not let those who are corrupt use the system better than we who strive to be virtuous. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, help us now. Really, really voters in every district across our nation. We pray right now over the voters, Lord. First of all, we ask by the Spirit of God that any spirit of discouragement, any spirit of apathy, any spirit of, oh, I'm not going to vote, I'm fed up with this, I'm not going to get involved, be driven away. Just like our Lord Jesus Christ drove away demons, let's drive away this demon because it is a demon affecting minds and hearts and causing them to hand over to the ele- the election to the other side by saying, oh, that they're going to cheat anyway, and therefore they let them have it. They let them take the election. We're not going to let that happen. Lord God, drive away that spirit of discouragement or apathy. Drive it away right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Like Ezekiel preached over a field of dry bones, and when he preached the word, The bones began to rattle and they began to come together and flesh covered them. And then he preached and he preached again and spirit and life entered those bones. Now we pray over dead bones across our nation. Anybody that might have said, I'm not getting involved this time. 
I'm sitting on the sidelines. Spin that spirit. Let the bones begin to rattle. Let them rise. Let them come together. Let flesh come on them. Let spirit enter into them. And let a mighty army arise of people, each and every one of whom will say, I have a vote. I have a voice. And I'm going to use it. Lord God, this is... Lord, we beg you. This is what we need to do. And if by our own witness... If by our own activity, if by our own conversations, if by our own messaging, we can help that spirit of new vigor, of new life, come in to those who have fallen into this trap, well then, Lord, enable us to do it and enable us to do it today. We've got to raise up this army, not later on, not in October, November. We've got to raise it up now, right now. We've got to do something tonight. We've got to message people. We've got to prepare messages for our social media. We've got to prepare a list of people to call. We've got to prepare a sermon to preach if we're a preacher. We've got to prepare an article to write if we're a writer. We've got to do it. Lord, enable us to do it now. Wake us up. Mobilize us. Fill us with determination. We are not going to let the other side outnumber us in the ballots. The ballots will belong to us. The majority of the votes will belong to us. We have the right position on the issues. We have the right arguments to make in defense of those positions. But Lord, enable us to master the mechanics. And Lord, we ask your blessing upon all the election integrity lawsuits that are going on. Oh God, bring success to the work of our hands. Bless those who are doing all the legal work. The arguing, putting together the documentation, having the witnesses, everything that has to be done. Bring enlightenment into this process and may we win these election integrity lawsuits and may we pass these election integrity laws. And Lord God, hold back the spirit of tampering and deception and manipulation of elections. It's not an issue, not a matter of who has the right position. It's a matter of how the process is handled. Protect us from those who would abuse the process. Lord, we sum up all these concerns. We thank you for the opportunity to cast our votes. And we wrap up our prayers and praises by offering the very words Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All right, friends, thanks very much. Uh, listen, important pro-life events taking place next week in Washington and San Francisco. I'm going to talk about this in some of our upcoming programs. Let me tell you in advance a website to look at, prolifemarch.org, prolifemarch.org. There's some things going on next week that you're going to want to know about, whether you've been heavily involved in this movement or not. You're more than welcome, and uh, I think you'll be interested in, in, in these things because it does pertain to the good of this nation and saving this nation, making it great again, prolifemarch.org. Thank you, friends. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. And we will speak to you again tomorrow. God bless. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. 
More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that. And today, I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.